Good morning or hello. I don't know what time you're listening to this. Um, it's morning and I am chilling out, looking at the pool, making sure it's clean after all the crazy rain we got. But I wanted to take the time to go over the journals and the discussions and everyone did really well and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping you're seeing the connection between the questions that I'm asking. In the case of making the decisions, right, on a couple of your journals, not all of you, just depending on what you wrote, I highlighted that really the comparison between Kant and and Mill or utilitarianism has something to, to do about, well, how do we know? How do we know we're doing the right thing? And what is really interesting is utilitarianism is kind of uh, intuitive for us. We tend to think that way, for lack of a better word. And yet, when you really try to size up how you know stuff, many of you noted, well, it kind of comes down to a feeling. That doesn't mean you know it. That means you feel it. Um, and we're going to run into that challenge in this coming week when we look at Kant, that he's going to tell you exactly what it means to be rational and reasonable, and we're not going to like that either. It's going to be hard. But in using things like pro-con list, I kind of pushed on some of you who are thinking about benefits and consequences to think about, are we even good at predicting that stuff? And we're really not. And that becomes a problem. And again, we'll see that with Kant. But as we look at this, well, it's how we feel. It's, I can't put my finger on it, but that's just kind of how we reason through things. And then compare the, that language to what a lot of you wrote regarding the idea of distributive justice. Now, I asked a really hard question. I've asked that question for years. Um, I think in recent years, it's become more meaningful. It's become more meaningful in the last eight years um, with language about the 1%. It's become more meaningful in recent years, uh, or this year in particular, if you want to think through what this might mean for branches of conservatism and liberalism and Black Lives Matter or do all lives matter or all the above. And you're looking at a system of justice. And you're looking at a system that is supposed to do the best for everyone. And it creates a lot of tension. It creates a lot of tension because one of the systems that I did not point out, uh, because it's not very common or popular, honestly, but there's a theory of system utility that says, well, if the system overall is doing really well, you approve of it. And that even might mean there are individual instances of injustice, but the whole system overall works pretty well. Um, I've argued in the past that I think Hume has some variety of system utility going on. The problem is when you put that in the context of, is it right? Is it fair that only some people own this stuff? And how do they come by it? We're a little hamstrung to give a good answer because we go, well, I mean, if they inherited it, I mean, I inherit stuff that seems like it should be right. And I don't want to, right, then what we're doing, we're playing this really weird future game of, I don't want to say that's bad, because what if I inherit something really cool? Um, We want to praise people that do a lot of work. I read that, and we're not trying to say people have worked for it, didn't earn it somehow. But it also seems like, 
how did they earn it? Who do they owe their gratitude to? Who are they? Should, who should they be thankful for? And those aren't questions we typically ask in distributive justice or in um, utility. Those are foreign sorts of concepts, but they do highlight how it runs counter to our sentiment. If you expect me to give you a grand answer of, do I think it's right for one to own everything <laughs> and everyone else? Uh, it depends largely on the character of the person. I mean, this would have, this would have been similar to Aristotle's answer with the monarch: is that you know, a monarch can be benevolent and have the best interest of its people at heart, and he has a good character and he is fine to be ruling. And I think I read some of that. But if you've got a bad character person, then there's something really amiss. And again, utility theory doesn't really capture all of that because there are plenty of people and I noticed that in some of the answers right and and I always used to joke about the Paris Hiltons or the Kardashians who yes they do have careers and jobs but they also got fronted so much money to do that it's hard for them not to fail right when uh, Forbes points out that Kylie Jenner is one of the youngest billionaires or whatever she had a pretty good running start I mean, she had a like an idea and some stuff, and good for her. But for anyone else that had anything similar, they weren't in the same starting position, and <laughs> that's the piece we don't ask. And I think one of the things we'll get to towards the end of the sem- end of the term, excuse me, not semester, end of the term, is once we start thinking about how do we know what's right and wrong, we're going to probably find out that utility theory and Kantian theory lack a lot for us. And it's missing conversations around gratitude, mercy. That's something that came up uh, previously. And we don't talk about how we know those things. Those are things we're supposed to do, and yet we don't even really talk about them very often in ethics. So um, I hope you see that. I hope you see some of the the, the difficulty in how we distribute resources and why it may seem fair to some and unfair to others. I will tell you that what is difficult, and the reason I'm sort of using this very broad language, is I don't know that I would say, I'm I'm certainly not a left-leaning economist, um, but I've learned that I'm also not a right-leaning economist, meaning I certainly like the idea of keeping my property that I've worked for, but I've also come to realize that a lot of what I've worked for has been through the aid and help of other people, not just the people that work for me that but uh, mentors and advisors who have helped me make good decisions. And so somewhere between the fiasco we call the Obama to Trump years, because you'll find out I hate all politicians, um, yeah, I do have a lot of stuff, and I do owe a lot of gratitude to other people. Do I think that means I just spread my money around willy-nilly? No, but it does mean I help other people a lot. And that's the piece that's missing in these conversations. We only ask about how do I keep my stuff. We don't ask about how do I help other people. And maybe that's the question that should have been asked with this thing. How does the 1% help the 99? And that's another way of processing this. 